Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier. Well, welcome back to the Minutes from Latvia podcast. My name is Mike Collier and this is brought to you by Latvian Public Media uh, on an occasional basis, but we're managing to hit about once every uh, every two weeks. We have uh, another guest in the pod today and today's podcast is kind of a double podcast in a way because it's someone who knows far more about podcasting than I do and runs um, a probably much more interesting <laughs> podcast, certainly more focused and uh, has to do a lot more research uh, in order to um, make it real. So welcome to the pod, Reynis Lattis. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to make a point of not talking about the weather because now it's kind of exactly what you would expect at this time of year, which is pleasant. Right. But it, it should rain these couple of next days and I'm... I'm, I'm stressing about that actually yeah we're in this situation where you go out wearing shorts and a t-shirt but you have to take a coat with you because you know probably later in the day it's going to be a downpour anyway having failed now to keep my promise not to talk about the weather by talking about the weather um i'm going to ask you to just introduce yourself to our listener um a little bit more so uh I- First of all, though, I'll just explain why you're here today. In that, I was casting around. I'll be perfectly honest. I was casting casting around for a guest for the um, for the podcast, thinking I really should do another one. And literally at that moment, a message <laughs> pinged on my uh, screen on social media right. uh, from Rainis, um, asking me, uh, saying he had a couple of questions about podcasts. And I thought, okay, I'm getting this guy into the studio <laughs> because he's already overqualified. Uh, and so it turns out that Reynes has a, a podcast with a, a sporting theme, um, but it's more interesting simply than that. So maybe I could just ask you to say who you are, where you're from, and what your podcast is all about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, hey to your, all of your listeners. Um, my name's Reynes Lattis. Um, I'm born and raised in Riga. And... Uh, I guess the simple way of explaining it is that I'm a sports fanatic, um, especially a fanatic of basketball. And uh, this podcast is mine. is is, is called the Handle Podcast, and 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 the gist of it is that uh, I interview retired uh, NBA and ABA players, you know, who 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 played at the highest level of the sport in in a sense, and uh, I do interviews on 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 their whole careers, and in a way, they're they're not not the greatest stars who whoever play the sport although they are up there they're among the top 100 top 200 uh, to, to play the game at a, at a certain point and uh, that that's that's what i think uh, makes the the interviews interesting because they have perspectives that might not be might not be heard at, at certain other times because uh, they're not the top stars and might hold down you know other just everyday jobs at this point in their lives and this is what primarily american nba stars or yeah, definitely. is it like europeans who've played over there or? well well i've had a couple of europeans over i i was i if i may say so i, I really loved the the uh, an episode i did with the first icelandic player to ever play in the and in, in the nba and uh, in a way i i would call him the first european though though it's a it's a bit messy because you know there were people in during the Second World War, who were kind of European yet yet brought up in America, and uh, there, there there have been a couple of Europeans over there, and those episodes are always have, have a bit, bit of an extra layer to them. And these are carried out over the phone or Skype or yeah, or over what? over over Skype. Um, it's it's actually not that uh, expensive to call up, <laughs> uh, you know, USA cell phones or or wireless phones, and 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 it's 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 pretty it's a pretty I don't know, uh, 
easy th- easy thing to do and 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 when you get started but i mean actually organizing it i imagine they may be a bit not suspicious but a bit surprised if they suddenly get contacted by someone saying look i'm i'm a guy in uh, riga latvia right. and i'd like to do a podcast about you i mean uh, uh, what sort of reaction do you get initially um yeah cold calling when I, when i just when i just get a number is 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 definitely... I mean, how do you get the number to begin with i mean it must be quite difficult well yeah and and uh In certain cases, yes. Uh, now that I've had, uh, you know, twenty, um, thirty guests on, uh, you you can sort of u- use your sources and 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 meet more people at least at least over the internet. But uh, in certain cases, um, you know, I, I get to use the the capitalism of of USA, where everybody uses their name. Everybody is the former basketball player who's now in insurance or somewhere. Or no, may, maybe some of them don't exactly use their fame but it's it's easy just to google someone's name and, and get, find them on linkedin so yeah sometimes that first phone call when i just get through someone's secretary and he, he picks it up it it is a bit of a surprise but uh i, I tend to believe that you know people actually like talking about themselves mm. especially if, it, if it's been a while so I, i bring up some some certain i don't know highlights of their career or show my knowledge and and they they usually it, it might take time but they usually grow accustomed to the process and you know 20 some 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 take longer some take uh, less time but 10 20 20 minutes in they realize man this this this, this is fun uh, you know mm. going over their their past career i guess in a way sort of sports stars are a little bit unusual in that they have this period where they're very much in the public eye they kind of have the adulation the adrenaline they have a very um sort of clearly a clear role in life as right. it were you know if you're a sports player you play this sport and you're supposed to try and be as good as you can be um it's very interesting that you're cho- cho- choosing to speak not with current sports players but people who've kind of had a career and are now doing something else i mean i'm sure that it varies a great deal but uh are people more comfortable talking about what they're doing now or do they kind of like to talk about what happened before or i mean i guess it varies but you must get really sort of diverging stories from people yeah sure i i I do believe that the the trip down memory lane is the one that uh, in a way gives the most satisfaction to them obviously i i do ask them what they're up to now sometimes it's out of sheer politeness you know it'd be it would be rude of me to just to talk about basketball and 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 not uh take life life itself in, in, in account but uh it 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 really varies but uh, usually they're they're comfortable with with uh telling telling what their what their next career has been in mm. a way and uh some some tell more some tell less but uh you know it's there's that there's also a reason why I'm able to find them and that that's generally is the fact that they're actually up to something in life now i i unfortunately i i do suppose that there are players who have you know had their trials and tribulations after basketball where they haven't been able to find a career or or they're just doing poor financially but those are in the meantime those are the guys i i can't find by email or by phone so in a in a way i guess i do get to talk only to the positive cases mm. and so who was the first person you you contacted i mean was it a case that you had someone very clearly in mind that you wanted to go for first or were you kind of you know shotgun style firing a few off and seeing where 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 you could get get a hit yeah it, it was it was basically like that the, the first times were you know it's all all all, all due respect to uh that's the wrong phrase uh, i'm i'm very thankful to Tracy Murray and and Jim McElwain who were the first two that i got on a show and it was just just 
asking them on Twitter. And mm. it was as simple as that. And, and the thing that uh, played a factor there was that uh, I, I've run a, a YouTube channel for, for ages now, which uh, also is based on basketball history and where I sort of cut up and uh, highlight on, on these past players. Also, not only the, the superstars, but, but the regular ones in a way, if I could call them that. And it sort of served as, as a segue that uh, I had something which they could take a look at, you know, a, a YouTube video where they performed awesomely. And it, uh, I guess it added a, a bit of credibility to my name that I, that I can have this, which I present to them and they, they might feel like, hey, you know, I, I might owe this guy perhaps if, if, if that's mm-hmm. the only video of me online or perhaps that th- this guy really knows what he's doing. So, but uh, yeah, in a way they... Well, I guess it also immediately identifies you as someone who's interested in kind of the history of the game and sure, not yeah. just, you know, what's being presented to you now, that you're kind of putting some context to, you know, to basketball itself and you're acknowledging that there's a history there. Yeah, definitely. And and that that's that's something I, I, I try to do to set, set myself apart because... Obviously, no one's tuning in to, to listen to me ramble about basketball, so I I turn all the attention to the guest. I go in detail, I do tons of research, and uh, that's that's what I try to do to, to make them feel like the conversation matters. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to ask them about mainstream topics or, you know, what, what was it like to play against Michael Jordan, the, mm. the questions that you certainly get in, in mass media, but... Uh, I, I try to really do it about them, and I, I hope that that's what they can appreciate about the conversation. Well, I like the way, as well the fact that it's not targeting the superstars, because you know, in all sports, you know, it relies upon these kind of journeyman professionals. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and there's a certain, I mean, personally, I think there's a certain um, kind of beauty in. Uh, a decent player who manages to kind of stop a superstar playing, for instance, you know, like whether it's soccer, someone marks Zidane out of the game or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's that's I think often unacknowledged as well because everyone's looking for like for the excellence for the guy who does the amazing dunk or something. Well, actually, the guy who kind of played a strong defensive play is you know, really really an important part of that as well. I think. Yeah, and and. And the decent player might ha- might not have a brand behind him. Yeah. He might not be, I don't know, worth million dollars still today. And that's that's what set him sets him apart in a way that he can perhaps talk about things that other players wouldn't touch, other greater players. So I, I do believe that they might be actually just more interesting in, in general because they don't they they're talking about something that's their past life basically i think also i mean in a way what you're setting up is a sort of alternative you know in in the u.s they have these halls of fame for everything don't they and it's like the big deal is you're elected to the hall of fame and now you're officially uh well a hall of famer um but what you're doing is kind of more of a sort of realistic hall of famers like a it's a hall of like existence it's like uh, uh not making a big sort of song and dance about it but just kind of putting things on the record and uh and showing that there's you know, sports stars, like everyone else, are human beings. They are not just brands. You know, they are not just entertainment machines or something. So I think getting getting kind of behind the veil there is really important. Maybe that's something we can talk about in the um, the second part of the, um, the the podcast as well. But um, the other question I wanted to ask really was: you you said at the beginning that you're a sports nut, but yeah. why basketball in particular? Um, um, I, I I I guess there there isn't just. A good explanation for it is just the fact that I that I took up basketball when I was six seven years old, and that's a sport I, I randomly chose, or more so, my family had a, a couple of basketball players and, and cousins and, and my aunt, and uh, that was the that was the sport that I was sent off to 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 practice, and I I just took it up as my favorite one. I 
I, I do suppose that if it would have been, a, I don't know, soccer or anything else that I would have been, but would have been a soccer nut at this mm-hmm. point. And right now I would characterize myself as someone who, you know, likes ice hockey and soccer, but basketball is, is just a whole different animal in, in, in regards to myself. And, you know, the podcast as well, I mean, maybe someone out there, I mean, it, the format is applicable to any sport, basically. I mean, yeah. maybe someone out there who is a hockey nut or who is a soccer nut could go and do a similar thing because uh, I, personally, I'd much rather listen to these sorts of uh, guys than, you know, just Cristiano Ronaldo saying, yeah, I scored a goal. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and he, 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 there's a reason why he says that because he, he obviously has a lot of a lot of things to protect and he can be of course, controversial. Yeah. So. Well, it, you know, the most, I guess the most uh, obvious examples are sort of Formula One drivers who used to be quite... Um, characterful yeah. and flamboyant, and now are just sort of you know, pretty much monotone robots. And it's right. it's quite hard to get involved with the sport when you don't actually identify with the participants, isn't it? No matter what their technical ability, I'm sure they're better drivers, but you can't really cheer someone on if you're not thinking, well, he's a bit of a bad boy, or <laughs> yeah. you know, he's got a good he's got a good joke every now and again, or something. I mean, you you can really feel empathy with players, and I, I think that do that that does come across multiple sports is that 70s and 80s is like the mm. best point for char- for characters for crazy storylines and that we've somewhat passed the point where you know commer- commercial appeal and and the money that is being invested in these sports has taken it to a, to a level where the, the the guys that are participating they really can't be interesting can they mm. I, I they have so much so much money invested in them that there are there are opportunities that they would lose if they were more than you know robots. And, well, I guess you need to be a, like a Dennis Rodman thing yeah, or something exactly. to be completely nuts, and and then it's natural. You know, it's not a product, yeah. is it? And that's that's like a one one out of a thousand guys. You know, there's there's not that many actually right now in, in the present sports day. I, I I do think. Great. Okay. Well, before we take a little break, if you could just remind us again of the name of the podcast and where we can get hold of it. Yeah, it's it's called the Handle Podcast. Um, you can find it on iTunes, all the, all the regular uh, applications, and uh, there's also there's also a, a blog of mine where you can find uh, notes for each episode. That's lamarmatic.com. But I, I guess you you sort of first find the uh, audio episodes themselves, and then you see whether you need additional information. And, Great, and we'll put a link at the uh, at, uh, on the podcast page on the LSM's yeah. uh, homepage as well. Okay, well we'll take our little break here for a few seconds, and we'll be back, maybe talking uh, a bit more in general about. Uh, well, the Porzingis effect, I guess we have to talk about uh, in Latvia, uh, the current uh, superstar uh, basketball player from Latvia, and a few other things. So after this brief message, we will return. Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier. Well, welcome back to the Minutes from Latvia podcast. My name is Mike Collier. This is brought to you by Latvian Public Media. And joining me in the pod today... I've managed to make it through 15 minutes talking around basketball because I know nothing about it. I did actually uh, have a quite inspirational basketball teacher when I was a kid at school as well. And so for one summer, I was kind of basketball crazy myself. Uh, And then I realized I wasn't going to grow anymore. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I do occasionally throw a ball around, but I am absolutely rubbish. And I have none of the physical attributes necessary, which uh, a lot of Latvians do have. One Latvian who definitely has the physical attributes... Um, although interestingly, a few people doubted him a couple of seasons ago, is Kristaps Porzingis, who's, well, I suppose technically he's still playing with the New York, New York Knicks, is he? Well, yeah, it's the off-season, but yeah, he's, he's certainly with the Knicks, yeah. And, you know, he's 
big in Latvia, but in a way he's kind of bigger in the States, it seems. I mean, it's quite difficult to judge from Latvia what a big deal pausing is in the US. I mean, you might have a better idea of that. Yeah, well, that that's the, I don't know, the benefit or the downside of, of playing in New York. It's uh, in, in all sports, I guess they have these, uh, you know, stellar franchises and similarly to one another, they have their they have had their down periods, and that is especially in the, the case with the Knicks. And uh, I sort of guess when when there is so 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 much negative around the franchise, it it sort of brings the fans together because they're waiting for for the next great thing, the next uh, hope. And uh, yeah, it's it's a market which uh, there is there is no other like like the, like New York. And uh, it would be way different if any any other team would have taken him that was in the position. If 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 he would have been in Orlando I, I, or, or something along those lines, I suppose he wouldn't have been this thing that he is right now. He would be more of an internet sensation. But yeah, New, New York is New York is, is major. Yeah, I mean, I do remember seeing when the you know he was in the draft and like all these Knicks fans were like going, "Oh God, we got this poisoning this guy, this gawky-looking Latvian that no one really knows much yeah. about," and you know, as if this was this was just a joke. But they kind of changed their tune <laughs> pretty quickly, yeah? Right, yeah. The, well, there there were some racial overtones there, I guess, and what what comes with, uh, you know, Europeans who generally are, are, are rendered as, as soft, at least mm. in the fans of, of American uh, American audiences, and uh, just the fact that he's a, basically a big, big, tall white guy, but, you know, a, a couple of uh, spectacular dunks later, that all can change. And, you know, is it also that he kind of proved his physicality? Cause, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, there's not there's nothing much more pow- powerful in basketball than a, a seven-footer slamming it down over another human being and, you know, leaving him restless on the floor. So, yeah, I, I think those hi- highlight plays have a lot to do with it. Mm. Maybe not the play on the floor, which is great as well. I think that may, might have not have done as much as, 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 you know, the fact that he's a highlight machine at times. Well, I guess uh, as well, <laughs> he's probably going to take that to the next level, whoever he's playing for in next season when, you know, in terms of physicality. Oh, he's staying with the Knicks. He's, oh, he's staying with the Knicks, Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the, the, the way the rules are made up, he would have, he basically has to force his way out of there. And I. So is it all kind of just like contract negotiation kind of uh, stuff? Yeah, I, I, in a way, it's it's from from what I can tell on a certain members of media in the USA, it's it's really about just showing the franchise that at times they are pathetic and they have made, current, even even with Porzingis on, on the team, they have made a couple of questionable decisions and uh, he, it's it's commendable in, in, a, in, a, in a way because uh, he's he's the next star player for them and he needs to he needs to show his disapproval if, if they're not going in the right direction. But uh, it, it would be a tough break for him to be one of those young 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 players who Sort of tries to force his way out of a, of a team, and I, it it wouldn't be a good look. So I, I doubt that he would take it farther. Well, and also, I mean, he is training with world cruiserweight boxing champion Midas Briadis <laughs> yeah. at the moment, so probably not a good idea to you know mess uh, with him. Yeah, mess with him too much in the future. So I think they should give him a nice fat contract and let him carry on playing. Yeah. Um, speaking of Midas as well, I mean, we, we seem to be having a bit of a, a a golden summer as far as Latvian sports is concerned at the moment. We also tomorrow we have Yelena Ostapenko playing in the semi-finals of the French Open uh, tennis tournament. So, is there something happening in Latvian sport, or is this just a coincidence? I mean, it seems that people have got a bit more confidence somehow. Yeah, I, it's it's really a phenomenon because uh, you hear so much about certain federations that aren't up to par in regards to their I don't know professionalism, the way they treat their these athletes, but 
we we do get these uh, you know brilliant people who who take it so so far in the sports world and uh, at times I, I it does seem to me that it's, it's just a case of something being in, in, in the Latvian genes because whether it's in skeleton with, with the way the Dukers family operates or, or in tennis these I do believe that these people have in a way done it all by themselves yeah I think that's part of the appeal I mean it kind of ties in with what we were talking about this sort of uh, idea of characters that you can cheer on um, I mean Duke, Martin's Dukers in particular obviously is like the best in the world dominant uh, no, no doubt but I remember getting, hearing lots of really positive comment when um, uh, Denis Rastogoyev's um one i think it's a bronze medal in, yeah. in the uh the, the and and this i think was largely because people were aware that this guy had to sort out his own training you know he wasn't on some elite program like some of the others and you know he had to f- had struggles to find finance he had to do it for years and years and years and eventually you know when the opportunity came he took it and he he, he won a medal and definitely deserved one so i think that it is that kind of cheering for the underdog a little bit as far as latvian athletes are concerned i guess they don't have you know there's not a huge university center of excellence for sports or something that's yeah. you know and do. and meanwhile you hear that the someone like the germans whether it's it's bobsleigh and skelt or skeleton they have these you know million dollar worth of projects where they have i don't know aerodynamic tunnels where they're testing all of all of their equipment and in latvia it's it's either Sandersprus or, or Dukers just doing yeah. it in his own own garage. So. It's like the old Rocky thing of like you know <laughs> yeah. while uh, Ivan Drago is being <laughs> being analysed, Rocky's lifting logs and uh, chopping them up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to talk a, a little bit more in general about sort of coverage of sports in Latvia because um, you need a lot of money basically to get the rights to 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 broadcast uh, sports in particular yeah. world world level tournaments and things. I mean, the, the national broadcaster, which we're part of here, they do their best, but, uh, uh, you know, you can't show everything and a lot of things are on satellite. Does this sort of slightly fracture um, the awareness within society sometimes? I mean, we have people that maybe not everyone can see them performing. Yeah, I I, I guess in a way. Um, it just seems sometimes that there's a kind of more buzz overseas about some Latvian athlete than there is at home. I mean, would, is it are Latvians a naturally sporting nation, would you say? Well, it's it's sort of odd how how Latvian audiences just work in, in general because uh, there there isn't anything really besides probably the the ice hockey team that yeah. has had this prolonged run of of good attendance and uh, you know nationwide coverage. There there are things that sort of come and go. I mean that that also applies to to the ice hockey team in Riga, Dynamo. Their attendance has been poor over the last couple of years so I, I i do sort of wonder what what's what what, what are the things that take a, a latvian audience to follow something for more than just a few of years uh, when it's the, when it isn't the the new hot trend anymore so mm. I, I i do wonder how much does that take into play because you know there there are certain moments where you sort of have to question whether latvians are really that in the sports whether it's that deep of a uh, that deep of a part of our culture because something like soccer just can't hang on and, and there have been more than a few reasons why people just probably should should attend stadiums but it just doesn't happen yeah the soccer, the soccer in particular is in a pretty uh, sorry state at the moment yeah. and I guess it's 
you know, been trying to live on that great uh, result in the European Championships kind of, I guess, 15, 16 years ago, whatever it was. And kind of that generation is all gone now and yeah. it hasn't really been the thing coming through. It, it does seem like it did more harm than good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of un unnecessarily raised expectations. Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I want, wanted to talk about sports journalism in a slightly wider context as well, because you and I were both at a, not exactly a lecture, but a kind of a discussion last week with uh, an American sports journalist, Kevin Van Valkenburg, who was over in uh, Riga for a couple of days doing a couple of master classes and just sort of passing on uh, some of his expertise. And I thought that was really refreshing. And uh, in a way, what he was talking about is what you're doing with the podcast in that it's getting kind of behind the lives of people. Uh, talking yeah. about the where they come from, you know, how they feel, what their family is, and how this affects or how it interacts with their sporting careers. Um, I just wondered if you had some thoughts on, on what yeah, Kevin it, was saying. It, it was really an inspiring in the sense that, uh, you know, good, good stories are always out there and, and there, there are opportunities for, for, for people to get behind them and be the ones that, that tell them. And, uh, and yeah, it, it also goes back to... In a way, it goes back to the state of Latvian media, where you just, just like I don't, I don't want to praise myself, but it really wasn't all that hard to start up the podcast. And uh, there's always, there's always uh, possibilities and opportunities for mm -hmm. one to figure, figure out something, find, find himself a niche, and uh, you know, basically just, just try your best at it. Because I don't believe that I have, possess any particular skills besides, I don't know, basketball knowledge. Yet it. It it really all I needed to do was was to summon up the courage and uh, and to decide that I that I might give this this shot and uh, and in a way I, I I do believe that I have a certain amateur status and you know that basketball history is the only thing that's that's allowed me to to do this and uh, that that I believe that's something you could take out of the lecture that uh, there are stories to be told and and the the youth the ones that are currently graduating or are are. Only figuring to to enter journalism, there's there's a real possibility to do something like that, and you could produce some very very fine material. I think also it was a very timely reminder that sports is about more than encouraging someone to anticipate a result. You know, it seems that a lot of the sports coverage in Latvia is is a matter of oh, we're going to be playing, watch our heroes, they're yeah. probably going to win. Well, that's all very well, but that's only one rather obvious story. The other, I guess, obvious story, kind of we already mentioned Rocky is a sort of, oh, he's the underdog and he put in one good result. But actually getting behind that and, and telling stories about, you know, people's other aspects of, their, of sports people's lives or how it fits into their family and things like that uh, are... Uh, are really kind of in in a lot of ways more interesting because we can all we can all watch the game and see the result and enjoy enjoy it as a technical exercise but um you know as we said cheering people on maybe that's what i'm really really feeling that i'm in need of now in this um sports world where every result that's just about to happen is the most important result that's ever happened well i think we're reaching the stage where we realize that's not really true anymore and that maybe it is a bit more about the love of the game and about you know the old-fashioned enjoyment of, of the sport itself yeah and uh, I do believe that there's a there's a question that one has to ask about just the media audience in general because uh, there are there are certainly capable people in the Latvian sport journalism that do great stuff but uh, you you have to wonder whether it's the fact that the audience is not trained to perhaps uh, read or, or consume such such material or whether it's the sport journalists mm -hmm. themselves because I do believe that it's it's more so more so the the 
former and uh, that there are people capable of doing such stories but uh, I, I don't know whether we have trained uh, our audience so much that they are prepared to perhaps even pay for it l mm. let alone consume it uh, um, I mean are there any uh, other sports writers or broadcasters that you particularly admire oh or, yeah or? definitely yeah I, I, I believe that uh, so soccer in particular compared to the level of play that uh, Virsliga has our, our local league that uh, guys like Edmund Novitskis and, and Mitchell Suos is uh, they're going doing just fantastic stuff at, at sportscenters.com and, mm -hmm. and and that uh, they do features and and then interviews that is above the level of the actual actual football that's being played so i think there are, are tons of people but uh, in a way i don't i don't know whether they have the outlets to 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 sort of materialize their talents because the the audience is is not prepared to 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 consume it and uh, it, it it also goes back to to you know the latvian crisis in general and that there aren't enough people perhaps who who will will take up uh, such articles i think as well you know particularly with uh, midas briadis phenomenon at the moment i mean boxing has such a rich history of yeah. great sports journalism great writing you know everything from poetry to documentaries yeah documentaries uh, things norman mailers the fight things like that I would really like to think that there's some, you know, young Latvian sports journalist out there who's following Briadis around, making notes, you know, getting to know him, getting behind all the hype, and that something really good is going to come out of it like that. So mate, that's just my suggestion. So that's my wish list. If you want to be... Uh, yeah, if anyone's out there listening. Yeah. yeah, please, please, just, you know, you know uh, bug Briadis for a while. It'll be worth <laughs> it when your book comes out, and I promise to bring you in here and plug it. Oh, yeah, a book on him would actually be... <laughs> Quite the idea, given given the fact that he works in the police. I, I, there are definitely stories to be told about him, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for joining me in the pod today, Irenis. It's been a, a pleasure. It was my pleasure as well. And um, I would encourage everyone to um, check out Irenis' uh, podcast. As I said, links will be provided um, at the bottom of the page. I'll be back again in another couple of weeks. Uh, until then, I hope you have a nice... Uh, June, I guess we might get one in before Midsummer Festival, Yani, but uh, hopefully, who knows? It depends how good the cheese and the beer is. Uh, we'll speak to you soon. Minutes from Latvia with Mike Collier, produced by Renar Steimans for Latvian Public Media. Find out more at www.lsm.lv. <laughs>